I just want to thank God, first of all, for this amazing weekend. Um, he's been so good to us, amen? And uh, wow, it's just been amazing. I got to say, uh, it's, a, it's a real privilege for me to, uh, to go to a retreat now and preach once. I used to preach every service when we had retreats, maybe except for like one workshop or two. But man, I, I've seen uh, the growth. The speakers were amazing, right? Yeah. Praise God. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, uh, Cynthia, my wife. That's yeah, that's my wife, Cynthia. Amen. <sighs> Just in case you didn't know. Uh, she, wow, it was amazing the first night. Just incredible the way that God used her. And then uh, Danny and then Kevin, amazing stuff that God used both of these, uh, these men of God. And the worship team, wow. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Honestly, we should give glory to God because uh, just like I used to preach every service, Jesse used to have to lead every service as well. <laughs> and now, man, there's people like, there's some ladies that are just getting down, amen? They're like leading worship, you know? They're doing the signs. I don't know what they do. They're just like gang signing over here. <laughs> and I'm like, it means something, though. And uh, yeah, they're directing. Yeah, that's awesome. Give it up for the ladies. <laughs> All right, so um, I do have... I do have quite a message for you, and I am nervous, not because I'm preaching in front of you, because I do it all the time, but because I want to communicate this in the correct way. I want you to experience what I experienced in receiving this message and in sort of like discovering this, and so I want you to kind of get that. So my recommendation for you, um, if you didn't have a notebook, if you didn't bring one, is that you would have one. This is going to be a little bit of both preaching and teaching. So, um, yeah, we're going to do that tonight. So let's do this before we start. Why don't you close your eyes for me, please? And I want you to put your hand on your heart, wherever that is. Left side, right? Yeah. And just, I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you, God, for this weekend, Lord. We thank you for the, the worship. We thank you for the moments and encounters that we've had. Right now, Lord, we just ask that you open up our hearts to your word, God. Open up our hearts, Lord. Let us receive this word. Let tiredness and sleepiness go away, God. And let us receive this word, Lord. Let, it, let us be good soil to this seed. Now put your hand on your head. Lord, let it seep in, Lord, into our spiritual minds, God. Let it seep in, God. Let it change us. Let it empower us, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. I rebuke any, uh, any confusion, any doubt, anything that would hinder, God, your message. And I pray, Father, that you would just clear, God, Anything that's here, God, that we would be in a safe place, that your angels would be around us, and that your Holy Spirit would release this message, and that we would receive it with open arms, God. 
In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get started. Let's go to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. And when you have it, can you please say an amen for me so that I know that you're there. Colossians 3. And if you can say an amen, please. Oh, thank you. That was bugging me. All right. <laughs> amen. Colossians chapter 3. Are you there? Amen. Amen? Amen. Oh, all right. I was heard two people. All right, let's go. Verse 1 and 2. Really simple here. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. That's where Christ is. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. Amen? My question to you today is... Uh, what is your reality? So I want you to ask your neighbor, what is your reality, by the way? Just say, hey, neighbor, what is your reality, by the way? <sighs> Praise God. So what is your reality? That's my question for us. You know, uh, the Holy Spirit asked me that same question, and he challenged me with this message. And I'm going to challenge you a little bit just how he challenged me, but... Believe me, God wants to empower you. He doesn't want you to be or feel diminished. He wants you to feel powerful. He wants you to understand that you can do this. Amen? That he's giving you the tools, the equipment this weekend, and he's going to continue to give them because he cares for you and you're his child. So what is your reality? The Bible says, we just read, that you have been risen with Christ. You are alive in Christ. Amen? You belong to him. You are in him. And so he challenges us. Paul, writing this letter, challenges us and says, set your sights or seek those things which are above. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ is. Amen? So what do we have our sights on? That's another question that you should ask yourself. Like, how do you see things? Okay? Uh, what world do you live on? And, and believe me, we're going to answer these questions tonight. Amen? So, you know, what, what do you have your sights on and what is your reality every day? Your reality may be in the church when you're in like actual building or a retreat might change to when you're at home and you're living your regular life. So that's the, the, ob you know, the objective today. That we would, you know, that I would release this message to you, but that you would take it in your everyday life. Amen? So, what do you have your sights on? When you see pain and you see hate in the world, in this earth, how do you see it? When you see racism, uh, when you see that your family is imperfect, Amen, don't we? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> when you see that your boss, you know, doesn't treat you like maybe he should, or, 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 or how do you see when you and your spouse perhaps are not getting along, or, or you and your siblings, or you and your parents, how do you see those things? Because how we see those things, it's how we're going to respond to those things. If we see 
with the eyes of the Spirit, we're going to see things different than when we see them with these four eyes. Amen? So how do we see things? I love what the message version says of these two verses that we just read. And I want to read it to you. Um, you know, just, just hear me out on this. I know that you might not have this, but it says, the Bible says in the message version like this. It says, look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. I underline that. That's where the action is. Where Christ is, that's where the action is. And then the next part says, see things from his perspective. So another question is, what is your perspective on things? What is your per perception about life? About your, your past, about your mistakes, about other people's mistakes that perhaps have hurt you? What is your perception on those things? The Bible here says in the message version, it says, look up and be alert. As I read this, I actually today, as I was preparing and meditating some more, the, the Lord took me and he said, these three things that are here have been talked about by the three speakers that spoke in this retreat. I'm going to show you. Kevin talked about looking. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. He took us to the book of Revelations. He said, look Okay? Danny talked about where the action is. He activated us. He, 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 we prayed together. There was gifts released. There was prophecy that we were praying for each other. That's where the action is. Amen? That's the action. See things from his perspective. Cynthia, when she was, when she was delivering the message that God gave her, I loved it because she shared from God's perspective. It wasn't from the people feeling separated. It was from God feeling separated because of the veil. It was from his perspective. She said these words, God was not satisfied with this kind of relationship. So he sent his only son, which was the veil who was ripped. Amen? From top to bottom. See things from his perspective. So these three things were spoken of this weekend. Are you with me so far? So, what the Lord wants me to do is to kind of bring all of this together so that we can apply it in our daily lives. Does that make sense? The Bible says in that verse we read, our minds should be set on things above. Heaven. We've been talking about heaven a lot. I hope you're not annoyed about talking about heaven. Just so you know, you're going there one day. And uh, just so you also know, you can experience heaven now. Amen? So don't get tired of us talking about heaven. Heaven is full of his love, his majesty, his power, his worship. There's prayer that goes up to heaven. Uh, there's joy there. There's the throne called grace. There's the 24 elders. There's the four living creatures. That's where heaven is. So he's saying, set your mind on things above. When we were preparing, as Kevin mentioned, uh, I led them in prayer and and uh, I said, envision yourself, you know, see yourself sitting next to Christ, because that's where we are. And, and, and God took us to look down on earth and, and, and see things from his perspective. See that, that there's no worry in God. There's compassion, 
There's, there's love towards people that are hurting, that are going through stuff like, like the people in Syria, like the people in Iraq and Afghanistan. He, he has compassion for those people. He has love for those people. Would you agree with me with that? That he has love for those people. He has compassion. So when we think of things above and we see things from his perspective, our life, our surrounding, our thinking, our everything will begin to change. And I'm going to show you how. Amen? So it says, put your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Thank you. Was that you? Thank you, honey. So set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Notice it didn't say world. Hello? It didn't say world, because that's easy. Of course, the world. We, we don't like the world. You know, the sin, the, the stuff. We're Christian, guys. The world system, we know. No, no, no. I don't think about the world. Right? But God is challenging us. He's saying, set your mind on things above, not on things on this earth. Whoa. We're going to, our thinking is about to change. You ready? We have to elevate our thinking. This includes, you know, Earth has Earth has its own laws. Did you know that? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And I'm not talking about the cops and you got a ticket the other day. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about that right now. I'm out of breath because we are 7,000 plus feet above sea level thank you that's johnny thank you and that's why the air is thinner amen and when you walk up these two steps that are right here or at least me and those why did they make them so high first of all amen yeah and you you walk up this i need some hot chocolate Come on, we're family, right? It's real. These are the laws of earth. Amen? The law of earth also says that there's diseases, right? And that there's some diseases that earth doesn't have a cure for. So he says, set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. So it has to be above what earth thinks the doctor may say hey you know uh you have this right to someone right you have this thing and i'm sorry there's nothing we can do and you might say well well that's the, if the doctor said it then wow that's tough well god is saying though he's saying set your mind on things above not on things of this earth so no matter what the doctor says, what matters is what heaven says. What Jesus is saying. Are you with me so far? That's what's important. So our, our thinking, we have to change our thinking. And this is, it's not like I'm, I'm here, I'm there already. Like, man, I think like this, guys. No, I, I, I need it too. Uh, sometimes we are... We think like earth too much. And God wants us to think and be like kingdom thinking. That's what he wants. Amen? Are you with me? 
All right. And we're going to explore this tonight. And I hope that you follow me on this. Uh, it's going to get a little descriptive with, with language and terminology. So just I'll, I'll try to go slow and, and so that you can understand. So how do I do this? This to set your mind on things above. Like, Lord, the Lord is just like, yeah, set your mind on things above. But how, Lord? Like, what? Not on things on earth. How, Lord? You know? Set your mind on things above. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Thank you. Amen. When you have it. So a lot of you have it. Let me get some water while the rest of you find it. All right. Let's see how many verses we're going to read from 1 through 8. You ready? There is, therefore... Now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, Listen to this. He condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their what? Minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Uh-oh. Because the carnal mind, listen to this, is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen? All right, we're going to break it down. Say break it down. All right. Verse 1. We've all, or a lot of us at least, about 98% of you in this room have heard this. There is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? So there is no condemnation for you, meaning you are not condemned. If you are in Christ, you are His, and you are saved. Amen? So there's no condemnation for you anymore. So, you are set free from condemnation, and since he sets you free from condemnation, he makes you righteous, amen? So the condemnation, this condemnation came from Adam and Adam and Eve. The Bible says when, when you know, they disobeyed and, and they messed up, that condemnation came into the world. And, and it also says that when Jesus was obedient all the way to the cross, that salvation was available now. Amen? So, we are going to be talking about some laws here. Amen? You ready? And I'm not talking about, again, getting tickets. Okay. We are going to be talking about some laws that have been set. Now, but some of them, some of them uh, have been set by God. And some of them had to kind of come about because God had to rearrange some things and, and, and get ready for humanity and its redemptive work. And I'm going to get to that. Okay. Now, these are not necessarily bad laws, but sometimes important for the growth of humankind. These are not rules, but laws. Now, we talked about 
Earth laws, right? Like the law of gravity. Anybody know about the law of gravity? Like if you jump off a building, you know, like 10 stories, uh, you're going to fly, right? No. Oh, someone said, yeah. <laughs> That's faith right there. We got we to gotta come preach. <laughs> I don't know. If we jump off a building 10 stories, the law of gravity, according to the law of gravity, uh, splat, basically. <laughs> Amen? All right? We there? All right. That kind of law. For example, there's a Big Bang theory. Not law. Not true, right? It's a theory. But the law makes it true. Like these things happen here on earth. There's the law of physics. There's all these laws. That's the kind of law that, that, that this is talking about. Okay? Are you with me so far? All right. So first in verse 2. Let's go to verse 2 in Romans 8. For the law... Oh, God, I love this. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. All right. So the first law that we're going to look at is the law of the spirit. I told you I was going to teach you a little bit. The first law is the law of the spirit. This is the law that brings freedom. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. So this law of, of, of the Spirit brings freedom. This law of the Spirit brings truth because the Bible says that the Spirit leads us into all truth. Another thing that this law of the Spirit does, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit convicts us of our righteousness, the Bible says. In other words, the Holy Spirit is here to convince you about your righteousness in Jesus Christ. So therefore, the law of the Spirit is the the law that brings freedom and it brings freedom from the next law which is the law of sin and death are you with me so far so the law of the spirit is is this law that brings freedom to every child of god it leads us to all truth this is the law of freedom the law of the spirit the law that brings freedom from the next law which is the law of sin and death so that's what it said let's, let's read verse two again for the law of the spirit of life in christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, the law of sin and death, we have been set free from this law. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you have been set free from this law. Come on, guys, wake up. This law no longer holds you down, or it shouldn't. No believer should be living under this law, the law of sin and death. I'm going to explain what it is. This is the law that brings attraction to sin. Sin leads to death. Death leads to condemnation. All these three things we do not live under anymore. No believer lives under the law of sin and death. And I have something to explain to you that we have been thinking wrong for a long time. A lot of times we say that we're born sinners. You heard that before? So... That's not true. We're born with the law of sin and death, which means that we're attracted to sin. That our flesh, how we're born, are you with me? We're attracted to sin. In other words, if a baby is a sinner and a baby passes away as a sinner, no, right? He goes to heaven, right? Or she goes to heaven, right? Because they haven't committed any sin. But they're born with the attraction. We are all born with the propensity, with the attraction to sin. That's why there's some people that baptize 
babies because of this way of thinking. But God did not teach this way. God is saying, look, you're born with this nature to want to sin. But you got to actually go that route. This is the law of sin and death. And, and sin and death are sisters. They come together. So let's say there's a scorpion. I've explained it like this before. There's a scorpion. The scorpion is called sin. The sting is called death. And when, when, when it comes and, and, it, and it hits someone with the sting, it creates condemnation. And that's what God doesn't want for us. We don't live under this law anymore. Why? Because of the law of the Spirit. Amen? So here's the law of sin and death on this side. Broken. You don't live here anymore. Here under the law of the Spirit, which what? Gives you freedom. Which what? Leads you to all truth. And truth, what does truth do? Or does? It sets you free. Amen? And then it, 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 and then it convicts you of righteousness. So this, this law of sin and death, we're not under this law anymore. This is, a, this is something that's been done away. We're not under this anymore. We're under the law of the Spirit. And I'm getting to something. I, I, felt like, I felt like Blue or Andrew, if you don't know him. Uh, raise your hand, Andrew. There's some new people in here. I felt like he was in my notes or something. Like the, I was like, did you read my notes? Or <laughs> What I want to explain to you tonight is what law you live under. These are the laws of heaven that you operate in. They have nothing to do with the laws of this earth or the law of man or the law of sin and death. What's the next verses? Verse 3 and 4 of Romans. This, now this is a different law that we're about to read. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of flesh on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In other words, the law of Moses. Say the law of Moses. This is a different law, a law with boundaries, civil and religious laws that kept the people of God, as Cynthia explained on, on Friday, that, that kept the people of God in certain ways, certain traditions, and certain things that they had to do just to have a relationship with God. But God didn't want that. Amen. This law pointed us to God because it, we needed a savior because of this law. This law we do not live under anymore. This law could not set us free from the law of sin and death. It only put a band-aid on it. They could not set you free from sin and death. Only what? The law of the spirit. spirit. I'm going to try that again. The law of the what? All right. That's the only one that could set you free from sin and death. And it's the spirit of Christ in him. So the law of Moses, no more. This law could not set us free from sin and death. You know what Jesus did with the law of Moses? I was shocked. This is what he did. He said, oh, the law of Moses. That's awesome. The law of Moses is summed up into two. What? He took their whole history. He took their whole culture. And he said, the law is summed up into two commandments. And I'm going to say it like this. Love God and love others. Wow. Wow. This means that. This means that, that this law of Moses, although it was given by God, it was only to give you temporal uh, help. 
like a temporal solution. Amen? It was, it was only for a time. God, and Jesus summed it up in those two. So God sends Jesus. He sends him in a body like ours so that he can fulfill this law of Moses and the prophets, the Bible says. And he fulfills the law of, uh, of, uh, of Moses and the prophets, and he condemns sin, and he eradicates the law of sin and death in our life when we come to him. Amen? And we submit ourselves under the law of the Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, why am I explaining this? Because our thinking needs to change and to shift. And unfortunately, some of us sometimes... We submit ourselves under these old laws that we shouldn't be under anymore. We submit ourselves under, you know, similar to the law of Moses where we put all this pressure on us and, and, and we lose the fact that we just need to have a relationship with God. We submit ourselves under this, this law of sin and death where, well, I'm just a sinner and this is who I am and I feel condemned. And we submit ourselves under this way of thinking and there's no way that we can operate from the laws of heaven with that thinking over there. We need to submit ourselves under the law of the Spirit, under the laws of God. Amen? Amen. So again, I'll ask you, what is your reality? How do you think? How do you see things? How do you react to things? Let's read verses 5 through 8 now in Romans. You ready? For those who live according to the flesh, Set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. This is, this is crazy here. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. And I'll explain that. For it is not subject. Say, it is not subject. Say that. It is not subject. It is not subject to the law of God. Another law? It's not subject under the law of God. There's a lot of laws, Mario. You got to make sense of this. All right, I will. Hold on. Nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay. So, to be carnally minded is to think with the brain you've been given about heaven. About the things of God. Trying to logically break down how God works. You're going to go crazy. You cannot break God down and box him in into our own brain. To be carnally minded is to think with impossibilities. To be spiritually minded is to think with possibilities. Come on, give God a hand, guys. That's awesome. Check your heart if this ever sounds like you, okay? I know it has for me. A carnal mind has nothing but obstacles, blocks. It doesn't hope. It doesn't have vision. It always doubts. It always worries. It always has excuses. It does not dream. And you don't need faith to operate under your carnal mind. You don't need faith for that. That's easy. Because you're used to it. But to be spiritually minded, to use our spiritual mind, it has faith, it has power, it believes that anything is possible. 
That's to be spiritually minded. It hopes, it dreams, it sees the realities of God and not our own. It sees the truth in all humanity. Not in just the Christians, but in all of them. I need this. It sees love, it sees blessings in every situation. In every situation? In every situation! <laughs> it sees love. Uh, a spiritual mind brings solutions. Amen? It brings creativity, it brings holiness, it brings empowerment. A spiritual mind worships, it loves others, and it loves God. That is the difference between having a carnal mind and a spiritual mind. God cannot work with a carnal mind. Cannot work with a carnal mind. Because we read it. Because the carnal mind and God, <laughs> they're enemies. It says the carnal mind is enmity against God. That word means it's hostile against God. It's like, it's angry against God. In other words, it can't believe God. There's hostility between it and our Father. I'll give you an example of our carnal mind. I was going to do it later, but I'm going to do it now. Amen? Amen? I was preparing for this message. As God is my witness and my wife, we were both preparing. I had Thursday off, and we were preparing. You know, we're like it, you know, in our zone, and you know, put the worship music on, and you know, we're there in the zone, right? Cynthia's like, you know, putting her notes together in her place, and she sits in the sofa, and I sit at the desk with my headphones, and we're just like going, like we go to each other. Yeah, all right. <laughs> She's laughing because it happened. And we're looking at each other and we're preparing. And she's like, I'm done. And I'm like, awesome. I'm almost done. <laughs> Carnal mind stepped in. Carnal mind is just your gray matter. It's just your, your, uh, your logical, you know, two plus two mind, that one. It's just powerful. You can use it. Amazing things, study. But when it comes to God things, oh. <laughs> 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 it happened to me, Kevin. I was there. I was preparing. This is awesome. Blank. God, where did you go? The worship, maybe I'll put Hillsong now. Uh, I wish we had grace and love music, maybe. That would work. But nothing was working. Sorry, Johnny. I get up, and I'm like, this is not working. Honey. I'm, I'm blocked. I, I, I can't. I'm, I can't do this. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And, and, and okay, talk to me about it. Okay, uh, this is what I think got, you know, the law. And I don't know what I'm saying anymore. And she's like, honey, just calm down. What do you want to tell the people? What, what is God telling you to tell them? And I started just telling her the message. And, and I started, oh, okay. Then I, I, I went back to my desk. And I sat back down, and nothing again. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm done. Here, I quit. So I got up from my desk, chair, 
and I sat on my other chair right next to my desk. <laughs> I thought maybe it's the chair, you know, I don't know. This is, you know, we got to pray for this chair, I don't know. So I sit down and God tells me, you're in your carnal mind. Denounce that thought that you're blocked. Remember I said carnal mind blocks, obstacles, doubts, worries. Oh my gosh. Denounce it. Because we don't practice it, we don't know. So what we're going to start doing all together, we're going to start practicing this. As soon as you feel the doubt, the worry, I sat down and the Holy Spirit taught me this. So I want you to learn this. If you need to write it down, whatever you need to do. He taught me this. He said, uh, he said, he said, okay, he said, sit down, think of that thought, rebuke it, which we don't do enough of, denounce it, say, I don't believe this to be truth. Amen? I rebuke this, this is a lie. Holy Spirit, this is key, Holy Spirit, guide me to use my spiritual mind. I went back to my desk, and I started typing away like a happy man. So when you get a thought like this, when, 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 when you feel blockage, when your carnal mind is like, this is not possible, this is not possible, where you're operating is, you're operating under the laws of earth, under the laws that are earthly, under the law of sin and death, under the law of Moses, because the law of Moses was, you got to do step one, two, three, four, and five, so that you can experience God. So if you feel that way, you're in that zone. You got to move away from that and be under the law of the spirit. Amen? Amen. Using your spiritual mind. So when you're under the carnal mind, again, you are thinking like an earthling. <laughs> and the Bible says you are not of this world. But then this is something very key. Let's go back to Romans. Verse 7, Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind, remember this, is enmity against God. But check this next part out. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor it can be. For me to try to explain with my carnal mind that I gave somebody a prophetic word. Right? This is a supernatural thing, right? It's a, it's, it's, this is being under the law of God. This is where the spiritual mind functions, under the law of God. All right, so say law of God. Say law of the Spirit. These are the laws of heaven. Okay, you didn't have to repeat that part, but that's okay. It's perfect. But just listen here. The law of the Spirit brings freedom from the law of sin and death, which is on this side. Okay? The law of God brings freedom from the laws of earth and the law of Moses. These, these are the laws of heaven, the law of the spirit which brings freedom, and the law of God in which we operate in. When you operate as a believer, you're operating under the law of God. That's why the carnal mind cannot be subject under the law of God because the carnal mind says when you're praying for someone's knee and you're like Lord heal this knee your carnal mind is saying that's not going to happen that's not possible so we have to train 
I'm equipping you this, this, this night. We have to train our carnal mind to shut up. Amen. Be quiet. I am not operating under you. I am subject to the laws of heaven. And in heaven, there's nothing but possibilities. And in our carnal mind, there's nothing but impossibilities. That's not possible. That can't happen. That's too much. Uh, too much money. We'll never get a building. We'll never have this. We'll never get married. We'll never have kids. We'll never this. And we'll never that. That's your carnal mind. And guess who uses your carnal mind? Guess who has a field day in our carnal mind? The enemy. But when you're subject to the law of God and the law of the spirit, the laws of heaven, there's nothing but impossibilities become possible jesus came with this kind of mentality he came to abolish the carnal mind he doesn't want us using it anymore he wants us using our spiritual mind under the laws of heaven under the law of the spirit which brings freedom and under the law of god which brings possibilities endless possibilities our carnal mind is limited but our spiritual mind is limitless amen are you there at john chapter 3 I'm not. So wait a second. All right. Why don't you uh, do me a favor? Tell your neighbor, wake up, please. All right. John chapter 3. Let's go to verse 9. For those of you that don't know what's happening here really quick, Jesus has been called in by a, a Pharisee, a religious man called, uh, his name is Nicodemus. And Jesus is trying to tell him some stuff. And we're going to, uh, he tells him you have to be born again. You guys ever heard that phrase, right? You have to be born again, he tells him. And uh, Nicodemus answers in verse 9. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. Listen to this, this is crazy. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Amen? Amen. Wow. So Jesus is explaining that you have to be born again. Are you there? He's explaining you have to be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. Isn't that a big deal? You have to be born again? Hello? It's a big deal. You have to be born again. You have to be born of spirit and of water, he says, to, to, to enter into the kingdom. This is a big deal. And Jesus says, I'm explaining to you earthly things hello I'm explaining to you he says earthly things let's read it again if I have told you verse 12 if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things you know what I got from that Jesus wants to tell us heavenly things but he can't tell it to our carnal mind. He can't tell it when we're subject under the law of sin and death, under the law of Moses, under the law of this earth. We need to be under the laws of heaven, under the law of the Spirit, and the law of God. Amen? All right. 
So let's go back to Colossians chapter 3. We're almost done, I promise. This is the last thing we're reading here in Colossians. Let's read it. Verse 1 and 2 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. How do I do that, Lord? How do I do that? We answered it in Romans 8. We're no longer under the law of sin and death, the law of Moses, or even the laws of this earth. We are under the law of the Spirit, which brings freedom, and the law of God, which brings possibilities, where we operate under. Amen? Here, on this side, where the laws of heaven are, we are spiritually minded. That's who you are. Over there, we were carnally minded. We, th we thought about things in the flesh, but now we think of things in the Spirit. Amen? Why am I telling you all this? Why does this matter to above the clouds? Because our perspective has to change. Remember I asked you in the beginning, what is your reality? What reality are you living in? How do you view your situation right now? Your situation at home, your situation with your family, with work. How do you view it? Do you view it under the carnal mind, under the law of sin and death, under the law of Moses, or even the law of earth? Or do you view it under the laws of heaven where there's freedom and there's nothing but possibilities and there's nothing but truth and love and joy and blessing? I need this in my life. I want this in my life. I want to operate more under the laws of heaven, under the law of the spirit and the law of God. That's what God has called you to operate under. Your identity is not in the past. It's not in who you used to be uh, as far as, you know, uh, uh, before you were a child of God. Your identity is in who you are now the bible says in second corinthians chapter five uh, chapter five that all things have passed away amen all things have become new amen that you are a new creature in god you are a new creation in him and that now you operate under these laws the laws of heaven that's the law of spirit and the law of god amen, amen? amen. so why do I tell you these things? Why does this matter to above the clouds? When we change our thinking, when we set our minds on things above, we can work in everything in our life all the way down. What we do is we try to work on our life from the bottom up. Are you with me? We think that we were saved down here and that we got to make choices here, and that we got to follow rules here, and that we got to do this and that here, and then we get to heaven. That's wrong thinking. We have to be spiritually minded. We became children of God in heaven, and then it comes down to every other aspect in life. Come on, give God a hand. Loud, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's why it's important that what we operate in, what we operate in is from above. I have to be honest with you in Christianity, they don't teach it like that. They don't teach it like that because pastors and leaders, I'm, I'm tempted with this, okay? I'll be honest with you. We want to see results in people. Come on, results, I preached this message, and you didn't do it. 
So we want earthly results. We want physical results as leaders. That's why Kevin was saying when there's no one at church, when we start at 2 p.m. and there's, you know, me at the soundboard and Cynthia at the projectors and we're like, we're ready. <laughs> right? <laughs> when we see things like that, we want to see results because we carnal mind. We think with our carnal mind about things sometimes. And what God wants, what God is saying, look, I didn't say, hey guys, let's make a big multitude and create a big church and then we'll see heaven come down. He didn't say that. He said, heaven is here. Boom, the people came. It wasn't the other way around. But we've been taught Wrong. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, especially if you've been in Christianity for thousands of years. I'm sorry. We have been taught wrong. It's not from bottom up. It's from top to bottom. That's why Paul says, set your things, set your mind on things above. Above the clouds, guys. That's where we are. That's where we're seated. That's where we think from. We're spiritually minded. Now, again, I've seen stuff like this in the past because I grew up in church. I've seen language like this, like I'm spiritually minded, turn into religiousness, turn into boasting, turn into I'm better than, turn into that person's carnal and I'm spiritually minded. No. That right there, guess what that was? Carnal. Carnal-minded. Anybody ever live that kind of stuff? Or is it just me? But to be spiritually minded is to see the good in every... Man, I'm preaching to myself, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm preaching to myself. It's to see the good in every situation. It's to see the good in people. It's to see that no matter what, God loves them. You know how hard that is for me sometimes? That I see these, these people. <laughs> but I got to think above the clouds, Waldo, about these people. And God is challenging me and you to think differently, to think above kingdom thinking kingdom thinking kingdom thinking grace and love church i promise you that this is a word from god that i received and impacted me so much as changing my life first my life this is not about you guys better do this this is about me this is a message from his mouth to my heart and if you want it take it for yourself too it's from top to bottom not from the bottom to the top it's not drake okay it's god i had to i'm sorry i had to is that carnal minded no i'm just kidding it's from heaven it's from heaven it's from heaven it's from heaven for a long time i didn't change the subject on grace i was like grace 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 Grace, grace, grace. <laughs> but it served its purpose. It was for a reason. And it's not like we're not going to go back to that or ever talk about that. We're Grace and Love Church, for goodness sake. <laughs> but if it bothers you that we talk kingdom and heaven, uh, 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 you got to change uh, your carnal mind uh, to... Uh, <laughs> Your spiritual mind. Oh, 
So I had this, uh, uh, this vision, right, that God put in my heart about next year. He said community, right? We have a common unity. We, we have something in common with each other here that ties us some, sometimes closer than, than what we have with others. But that, that doesn't mean that we just, it's just us and like them. That means that we have this in common that we can take out. So we're a community, right? We're a family in Christ. Amen? So what God was telling me is that community doesn't mean just uh, four walls and everybody out there and all of us in here. Community means that we want others to be a part of what we're a part of. That we think from things above and, and we see others that, that, that they're children of God and, and that they ought to be a part of God's family as we have been, as we are children of God. Amen? So that's community and that's what, what, what we are. We're, we're a family in Christ. And so I want to feel comfortable with you today to do something with you that God put in my heart to do. Uh, as I was preparing for this, Kevin's laughing already. As I was preparing for this, uh, Colossians 3 to me now is a kingdom chapter. Okay, I'm going to explain why. The first four verses talk about thinking above. They talk about Christ being risen, about heaven. It talks about position. It talks, it talks about outlook. Talks about platform, where you stand. And then the whole chapter, you with me? The whole chapter starts to break down so many areas in our life. All the way down. And when I looked at it, I said, oh man, here it is. Here's the blueprint. Is heaven, is salvation risen in Christ? Is set your, thing, set your mind on things above? And then everything else comes together. And when God showed me it, I, I broke it down by passages. So, so by uh, verse 1 through 4 is position and outlook and, and so on and so forth all the way to the bottom. And when God uh, showed me that, he said, what I want you to do is I want you to do this. I want you to prophetically give people verses to read out loud during your sermon. Hopefully you're happy about that. So when Kevin said it earlier, I was like, what the? That's weird that he said that. We were at lunch or I don't know where we were. And, and I was kind of like uh, carnally minded thinking about this because I was like, I don't know. This is kind of weird. So I told, honey, can you come talk with me really quick? Let's go to the cabin. Close the door. Hey, check this out, honey. Um. I, I don't really talk to her like this, but I thought I thought this was like a like illustration as a, as in like I love you and you know I, you know she was sitting down basically is what happened and I said okay let me stop that and I said honey and I said honey uh, God I feel like God led me to this and uh, this is what I was thinking and she's like I love it just do it you know as usual. I didn't think she was going to say, no, honey, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and that was before Kevin spoke. And when Kevin said it, uh, you know, a little a, a bit different, I thought, okay, God wants us to do this. So are you in Colossians 3 right now? Uh, Mims, if you can switch. Maybe with Danny, he's sitting right next to you. <laughs> Sorry. 
Uh, just maybe just Mims for now. Okay. Just the piano. Um, so are you in Colossians chapter three? <laughs> All right. So the reason that God, I think, put this in, in Kevin's heart, and, and then when I told Cynthia, she's like, hey, I was going to do that in, during my sermon. I was going to ask somebody to read a verse for me. And I'm like, man, that's weird. I think what God is trying to communicate, are you with me? What God is trying to communicate is the spirit of community. That's why he wanted us to do this.